Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and this podcast is all about helping men to become unstuck in their lives and inspire and encourage them to move forward towards a life of strength, confidence, and inner fulfillment. So without further ado, here is today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. Today I am with King David. King David, how are you, my man? I'm doing super good. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I'm excited to see what comes of this conversation. Absolute pleasure. I came across King David in, on Twitter a couple of weeks ago and absolutely loved his content, loved what he was all about. So I knew that this would be an amazing uh, interview with great insight into a lot of the struggles that men have today and can't wait to get stuck into this uh, podcast with you. So David, let us know or give us a bit of an insight as to how <laughs> King David has come about. Yeah. So, uh, th- so this is something that I actually don't talk an awful lot about, but since I'm coming to the period afterwards, the short story is I was canceled last year. So I'm actually on my second Twitter account. And on the first one, I made some tweets that a few people in my city didn't like, and you know, they're all liberal social justice warriors. So they went ahead and kind of ran a mad campaign to, to face me. So I ended up losing my job and I worked at a sporting store. It was a small business. I worked with a family for three and a half years. They let me go because I apparently was a social liability. And then I was also kicked out of two churches, one of which I was a small group leader for sixth and seventh grade boys. And because my content was a little too vulgar, let's say, because I'm very out there with my beliefs that the church needs to essentially man up and, you know, start defending doctrine better. And, and I also talk, as you know, you know, I talk about quitting porn and then the intersexual dynamics that play out inside of relationships. Mm -hmm. And they were not too fond of that. You know, unbeknownst to me, the church was a little more left-leaning and progressive than I had expected them to be. And then the fact that there was people out there that did not like me, they saw tweets and just ran with it. So that happened in July. So I'm almost a year post-canceled. So after that had stopped, you know, saw my first Twitter account, I actually had written an ebook, How to Quit Porn in 10 Steps. And at that point in time, I was selling it for like 15 bucks. And I made a hundred or so here and there, right? Off of 400, 480 followers. And that was enough for me to realize, like, I need to keep doing this because A, people were buying it and then they were reaching out to me and telling me that this has helped them a lot. So I knew, you know, especially since I lost my job, I was like, okay, well, I can make money online. Even if I've only made a hundred bucks so far, I have it in theory that I can go out and pursue that in practice. So, you know, they wanted me canceled not to get back on Twitter. So I went ahead and joined anyways, got back on very quickly. And I started to grow an account as an Anon account where my profile photo was actually a picture of the statue of David. I go by my middle name, which is David. So it felt very appropriate. And then I also deeply resonate with the stories and symbolism behind Michelangelo's The Statue of David, you know, because he created that essentially as a big FU to the Medici at the time that had commissioned him to make the statue. And he didn't really like that. So he erected the statue of David to kind of condemn the Goliath that was the Medici at the time. So I resonated with that and I figured, well, what better way to go than put King David up there? It also was fitting that my name is David. So I did that up until February, early February, I think. And I realized like, yeah, it was canceled. And And at that point I had nothing to be worried about, right? Like There's nothing more that this social justice warrior mob could take from me. But I was still kind of hiding behind the, you know, anomaly that comes with. And that's kind of what I wanted for the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I also felt like maybe people wouldn't take me as seriously if they found out how young, how, yeah, how old I am. For those who don't know, I'm only 21 years old. Yeah, I know. Shocker. (laughs) And I also struggled with imposter syndrome for a while where I was like, man, I'm talking about like all this manhood stuff and there's so many people who are older than me and more experienced than me. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation with my friends. He's at steel Jans on Twitter. 
He's the founder and main author for Barbarian Rhetoric, which is a great blog that I highly recommend people check mm -hmm. out. Cool. I actually have written a few articles for it talking about honor. Um, but I had a conversation with him and I said, yeah, I can't talk about being a dad or being a husband or any of these things. And he said, well, sure you can, because you have experienced those things, you know, through being secondhand. So you can't tell a father how to raise his sons, but you can tell a father what it's like being a son. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can't essentially, you know, you can't tell people, you know, how to be a good husband, but you've witnessed healthy relationships. So you can, you know, relay that information to them. And I'm very glad he said that because that's really what gave me the encouragement to broaden mm -hmm. my, you know, horizon. Yeah. Because while my go-to is the whole quit porn thing, which now I've since turned the ebook I had mentioned prior into a masterclass and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with men. And here soon I'm launching an accountability group. Mm -hmm. But that conversation there kind of got me more comfortable with talking about everything that comes with masculinity, um, specifically geared more so towards single guys like myself that are trying to, you know, get themselves up to the masculine standard that we all should hold ourselves to. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the short story of how King David came to be. I was, I got going and then I got canceled and I refused to stop. And here I am today. Incredible, man. Incredible resilience to be able to bounce back from that because, uh, I'm sure you felt pretty isolated and pretty lonely for a period of time there where everyone in your village or town was pretty much turning against you. I'm sure that was very difficult for you at the time. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of people that I, you know, respected and held in high regard that did not reach out to me once while the whole thing was going. And I, I consider myself painfully optimistic, right? Because I always see the good. And I knew that though this had happened, God is going to use it. And I also knew like how important it would be, you know, to establish my own online business so I could be the boss because if I've been canceled once at the ripe age of 21, then there's a good chance that it's going to happen again mm -hmm. or that efforts will be made. So I figured I should probably take making money online as seriously as possible. Yeah. But then it's also great knowing, you know, because I've always wanted to be very involved with my kids when I do finally have them. And now seeing that all this online work is viable, it's mm -hmm. it's very encouraging because I'll be able to have a lot of that yeah. influence that I want in my future kids' lives. Yeah, amazing, man. You've just take, taken a massive opportunity there, haven't you? And uh, uh, as you said, you were you were fired from your job, but the opportunity within there was you had now more time, more space. And uh, yeah, you had a massive opportunity to perhaps create your own job, create your own project, which you have done since. And I think, uh, as I said, man, that's huge resilience to be able to bounce back from that and not to give in to the, the pressures of the crowd and you know, go back and, and join them and, you know, uh, fall into their beliefs again or their systems again. And very brave, man. So what, like, what was the, the turning point in terms of your own journey? Like why, why this message? Why this, this journey? Why, you know, are you at this point right now where you're talking a lot about quitting porn and, porn addiction perhaps and and relationships and masculinity like why do you why is that the the premise of of your message what's the story behind it so okay so the reason I went ahead with the whole quit porn narrative is largely because, you know, at the time, and I kind of decided on that to be my message, you know, because as I had just said, I kind of struggled with imposter syndrome for a while. And I was trying to figure like, what had I done well that I could teach other people? And it was quitting porn, you know, so I first saw porn, my timetable's a little messed up because I can't remember half of when all these events happened. But I think I first saw porn around like nine years old. And at that point in time, it was just, you know, wallpaper apps on the Apple. Yeah, the Apple App Store, you know, so I never saw anything explicit at that point in time. But, you know, being a nine year old kid, that was pretty exciting. You know, it made me feel things I'd never felt prior. Mm -hmm. And from there, it kind of spiraled out where I eventually found out like, oh, you mean I don't have to pay to see what these images look like uncensored? So then it started to get to explicit photos and the next thing you knew, videos. 
Mm-hmm. And there was a point, I think I was like 13 or so when I got caught. And for a while, parents tried to intervene, but the situation was not handled correctly. At that point, it was kind of just like, you need to be punished instead of figuring out what's going on. Yeah. So there was a while. Yeah, sure. I may not have been using it super, you know, an awful lot, but it didn't take long for me to get back into it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I was seven uh 16 or 17 or so when i realized like oh this is an issue and i need to take like i that was when i realized like this is an addiction like i'm exhibiting addictive behavior you know watching porn staying up late every night until family went to bed so i could watch spend ample amount of time enjoying that Mm -hmm. um i was homeschooled at the time so i had a lot more flexibility with my schedule so i was also able to watch it during the day Okay. after a school subject or something like that so it, it got to a point where there was multiple relapses happening in a day yeah so i realized like oh this is an issue and i need to stop so i started to you know google and youtube like every guy does how to quit porn and i went through probably you know as many articles as possible took notes implemented a lot of what they said but the problem with so much of the modern quit porn advice is it's an awful lot of don't do this, don't think about it, do this instead. And while there's truth to that, there was no system, there was no legitimate step-by-step process. There was nothing that really explained what was going on or what I was experiencing or any kind of brain changes I was Mm -hmm. suspecting there was. So I started to then research like the effect that porn has on the brain. So I'd skim through a few academic studies here and there and see what the research on it was. Uh, which was tricky because technically there's the research is inconclusive. No one really knows if porn addiction is real. So there's, there's no definitive answers. Can you be addicted to porn? Some people say no. Some people say yes. I'm one of the people who say yes, because I personally know through my own experience that I was addicted to it. Yeah. So the research wasn't as reliable in different instances and that sure mm-hmm. there's also biases you have to take into consideration of course and as much as i love you know content that comes from people that are incredibly anti-porn i also recognize like yeah there's a bit of a bias here so i did want to make sure that i was seeing things from different sides different perspectives mm-hmm. um but ultimately i learned that the biggest things that are happening in your brain from extended porn use is it's rewiring your reward circuitry which is going to um, pose problems and things like attention, how you're responding to dopamine, how motivated you are. It can, you know, cause depression and anxiety. And then another thing a lot of people don't realize is while you're actually watching porn, and this happens while you have sex too. So I'll use it through that perspective because there's a lot that happens when you watch porn that also happens when you watch sex or excuse me, have sex. That's beneficial in the moment if you're in a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. But if you're a porn user, then it's detrimental. And a perfect example of that is when you have sex, a part of your brain called the lateral orbital frontal cortex shuts down. And it's responsible for rational decision-making, logic, reason, and those things. And like, it's beneficial that that part shuts down while you're having sex because no one really wants to think about anything. You do want to be in that primal state of being where you're you know, essentially just getting at it and connecting. Yeah. When you're watching porn, that's no good. Because as soon as you start to think about it, and as soon as you start to watch the videos, your brain's going into that shutdown period, which then becomes very hard to get out of it, right? That's one reason why so many guys, when they start watching it, though they always have the opportunity to click the X button to stop what they're doing, they never do it because they're not logically thinking about what happens. Yeah. And then, of course, after you watch porn, masturbate, and orgasm, you have that wonderful post-nut clarity which is actually your brain shutting or turning back on realizing like, Oh, this is what just happened. I just did that. So then it goes and it processes everything. Mm-hmm. So beneficial when you have sex, not so much. So when you're addicted to porn. Yeah. So yeah. And then through the research that I did and then turning my ebook into my quit porn masterclass, which is how to quit porn 30 days and never relapse again. I essentially found a way to hack that where okay. you can keep your brain on logically so okay. that makes it easier to quit porn. Excellent, man. That's uh, very insightful. As I've mentioned to you before we started recording, uh, and I've documented this several times, I've had my own struggles with porn, but I've never actually gone into the, the research behind it all in terms of what it actually causes with your brain or or your life as such. 
I've had my own, my own experiences and I know that it wasn't serving my life. It wasn't benefiting me whatsoever. So I was simply going on my own unique experience as opposed to the the, the researched um, articles or the studies out there about porn. But that's really insightful and really uh, good to know. And um, yeah, it really highlights the, the damaging effect of it all. Uh, so thanks for that. And in terms of, you don't have to go into the full details of the ebook, but could you give us maybe five nuggets <laughs> from the ebook yeah. or five? Like, there's a lot of guys at the moment, let's be real, a lot of guys out there at the moment who are struggling with porn. It's no accident that, uh, you know, you porn is thriving and OnlyFans has got more members than ever. Like, oh, this, right. is yeah. this is this is happening. And, you know, the... The last year, especially with a lot more isolation, loneliness, and um, yeah, a lot less interaction and intimacy happening. You know, that's uh, it's caused a massive spike in, in porn use. So, yeah, five nuggets that you could maybe five, whatever, three to five nuggets you could offer guys who are stuck like in that realm at the moment, in that realm of fantasy porn, and just can't seem to get out of it. Right. So a few of the tips that I have, uh, let me think, because there's so much that could be said. One of the things that I found very, very helpful that I do with my one-on-one clients is tracking relapses and then trying to learn the patterns and the habits that happen with those relapses. And then ultimately trying to figure out what you are feeling and thinking and experiencing throughout that relapse. Because one thing I noticed was when I started to focus on the different emotions and thought processes I was having before I'd watch porn, while I would watch porn, and after I would watch porn, I would start to identify different things that I was getting from porn. I also realized that I liked watching porn more than I liked masturbating and having an orgasm because of the fulfillment that it was giving me. Hmm. So, you know, arousal is a very, it's a, it's a, I mean, if it's in a healthy environment, then that's a great thing, right? Because there's few things that are going to feel better to a man than being aroused because it's a very empowering, strength-filled experience. Mm -hmm. And I started to notice those were the things that I was looking for while I was watching porn that I enjoyed. So the arousal, the strength that came with that, and kind of just that masculine sense of empowerment. So when I realized that's what I was getting from watching porn, I started to be more adamant about finding those things out in my normal day-to-day life. So, you know, obviously I I was lifting weights throughout this entire point, but I took that a little bit more seriously, which helped. Mm -hmm. It also helped me, you know, because part of the reason I watched porn was because I struggled with not feeling accepted and then not feeling desired specifically from women. Okay. So I also had to work through that and build my own confidence up and then ultimately realize like, yeah, I don't need acceptance. I don't need to be desired by women to find any fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Because that's not that shouldn't be an indicator of my worth as a man. Yeah. Right. Because any man that goes on and chases women and looks to them to validate their masculinity or to give them a sense of purpose to essentially become his mission, you know, they're going to end up falling on their face and then they're going to wonder why yeah. no woman wants to be with them. Well, it's because women don't want to be with a man where the woman is the sole focus. They want a man who is driven. You know, because we talk about this on the red pill, right? Like make mm-hmm. your mission something else and then a woman will find you and help you on that mission. Mm-hmm. So I started to implement a little bit more of that thought process. And that was before I had found the red pill. So it kind of, mm-hmm. it all makes sense now that I'm in the environment. But yeah, so go through and track your relapses. And another reason why that's important is because you'll notice there are different habits and patterns that you're experiencing that are leading up to porn. Because our brain is an efficiency mastermind. It wants everything to be as easy as possible. So it's going to start creating habits on its own. And fun fact, your brain can't tell the difference between good habits and bad habits because habits serve the purpose of keeping us comfortable. Mm -hmm. Watching porn in the moment is a very comforting experience, right? Because a lot of men watch porn as an escape. And it makes sense, especially once you're aware that your brain is shutting down which is one reason why that escape is so prominent because you're able to just focus in and zone in on that mm-hmm. and take advantage of all the dopamine and other feel-good chemicals that are rushing through your body. But when I say habits, I mean, if you pay attention to these things, you'll realize you're most likely in the same spot every time you relapse. 
It's most likely the same times of day every time you relapse. It's most likely on the same device and the same events that lead up to your relapse and happen afterwards are most likely going to be very, very common. Mm-hmm. So an example of one of the bad habits I had was I would bring my phone with me into the bathroom before I would shower. Nine times out of 10, I would end up relapsing because I was, you know, I was going to get naked and the opportunity was right there. Yeah. So I just simply stopped bringing my phone into the bathroom. While that didn't end my addiction per se, it eliminated a great chance that I was going to end up relapsing to porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note, I'm not like anti-masturbation or anything. I know there's a lot of people that talk, you know, no fat or semen retention. And while I recognize that there are benefits to that, I only encourage guys to quit porn if they realize that masturbating is a trigger to watching porn. So say they sit down to masturbate and they can't do without porn. They end up looking at porn. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you should probably quit masturbating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the whole shower thing, get rid of the phone, reduce the time. That was one of my habits. Um, and even just to stay adamant on it, there are plenty of times where I'll just not bring my phone with me into the bathroom, partially because I've established that habit, but also because I don't want to have to worry about any of those thoughts coming into my head. Because while I know that it's not going to happen, it's also just better to not expose yourself to temptation at all. Because mm-hmm. that's one thing, if you think of it through a Christian perspective, the Apostle Paul talks about it, where it's best, you know, you have to flee, or at least I think it was Paul, but you have to flee sexual immorality, because the truth is, us guys, nine times out of 10, are not strong enough to resist that temptation. So a lot of my framework that I have inside the masterclass does come down to studying and tracking your relapses, so you know what you're getting from it, mm-hmm. but then also learning what your triggers are. And I talk about triggers in two different ways. You have your external triggers, which are essentially any visuals that you're seeing that then makes you want to watch porn. Mm -hmm. And then you have your internal triggers, which are things like emotions, thought processes, and those habits I talked about. So it's very common that guys, you know, a few of the prominent emotional triggers are stress, anxiety, depression, loneliness, boredom things like I had talked about wanting to feel strong, wanting to feel accepted. Yeah. One way or another, there's a solution for that inside of porn. So being able to recognize that you're feeling those things and that your programming currently is wired to feel them and then want to watch porn. A lot of what I teach is even just being mindful of that, right? So as soon as you recognize that you're feeling those triggers, you then need to make the conscious decision to take action and do something about it so it doesn't become a relapse later down the road. Mm-hmm. And then there's even the extent where I talk about, you know, if you're in that situation to talk yourself through it so that you can logically process. Yeah. Because as soon as you start to really think about it and engage in that behavior, your brain's shutting off, like I said prior. Yeah. So if you are kind of giving yourself that back-to-back dialogue or you're literally speaking out loud, it kind of helps to keep that part of your brain on so you can logically process things better. Yeah. So, yeah, there's learning from your relapse, figuring out what your relapse habits are, figuring out what your triggers are so that you can A, be aware of them and B, learn how to avoid them, mm-hmm. especially things like the external triggers. So images you'll see on social media, perhaps the music that you're listening to, those could also be a trigger. Mm-hmm. And then other things, you know, technically the habits fall into the external trigger category I have set out in my masterclass Mm -hmm. so you may find that watching youtube is your precursor to watching porn Mm -hmm. so you know a lot of guys a lot of people have a bad habit of watching youtube at night until they fall asleep you know because everybody wants to reset state of sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. well if your habit entails watching youtube until you are ready to fall asleep a you're putting yourself into the altered state of mind that comes with sleep deprivation because sleep deprivation is considered an altered state of mind So you're already not thinking theoretically or logically. And then you start to think about watching porn. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you're really shutting your brain off. Mm -hmm. So if your bad habit is watching YouTube before watching porn, then stop watching as much YouTube. Yeah. Figure other things that you can do to implement in that time period. Yeah. So that you're not always defaulting to these bad habits. Yeah. Because one thing that guys will realize when they start to take this seriously is a lot of the bad habits that are precursors to their relapse are bad habits they need to eliminate in general. Yeah. So staying up late, staying in bed too long, 
not keeping yourself busy throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Those are all things that are turning into triggers, but because people are only focused on the whole like quitting porn, they're not really thinking about getting their life on track in general. Yeah. Because one thing I tell guys is like quitting porn is the first step to living your best life. Because mm -hmm. had I not quit porn, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have an online business. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be the man who I am today because I would still be suffering with insecurities and anxiety and all kinds of other things because that was my cope. Yeah. That was my go-to. Yeah, I can relate, man, for sure. I mean, uh, just on that point in terms of keeping yourself busy during the day, especially like my porn addiction would have spiked at a time where I was actually jobless. I was made redundant at the time and uh, had several hours every single day to do nothing. Of course, I could have done something, but uh, the porn right. had such a grip at the time. And and for me, like the porn was a massive escapism from a lot of pain that I just hadn't been dealing with all those years. And uh, And more than more than anything else, I think it was an urge to connect to something uh, because of lost connections from the past. Didn't have a great connection with my dad. Um, and like these connections I didn't have in my life or that I had lost, I was trying to find in all the wrong areas, such as porn. And, and a big thing as well that you've just mentioned um, some moments ago in terms of your parents' reaction when you were caught was porn again something something I can relate to. I remember, uh, I remember my mom. She found my my diary, and uh, in the diary was like loads of photos of topless naked women. Um, mm. That diary was like just thrown into the into the fire, like it was destroyed. And it's like, well, yeah, that's looking back. Of course, you know, they were more likely afraid for me or scared for me or trying to again eliminate the problem but not understanding the problem not understanding that there was deeper issues um underlying and like yourself i started watching porn at an early age maybe 10 11 and uh really showing my age now because uh, i used to <laughs> started off with the the vcr uh cassette tapes you know <laughs> and uh, uh yeah so there was the 18 rated cassette tapes around the house and put that on man and um away i went but yeah, and it's it's it was the there was no communication about it, no understanding about it. Like as as a man, and I'm sure you've you've experienced that yourself. There's no one to speak about when you're watching porn or even trying to understand it, and it's a very confusing time for a teenager, for a young for a young man as well. Like from the age of ten to sixteen, seventeen, even up to eighteen, you, your body's changing. You're having all these different emotions and feelings and urges that you've never had before and you don't know what's going on and it's very important for a guy at that age and during that period to have somebody have a go-to to speak to and unfortunately my dad wasn't available as such you know on an emotional level to speak to and ultimately i had to try and figure things out on my own which of course caused a lot of issues in my life especially over the years and then going through a traumatic experience in my early 20s just yeah the, the that just added fuel to the fire in terms of my porn addiction and alcohol as well was a massive go-to for me and all escapisms so for me and i've got some guys in the program who who do struggle with porn or do struggle with some level of um toxic escapisms as, as i would call them is to understand why why you feel the urge to, to go there in the first place what's going on underneath understand the pain and Sometimes you got to go right back, like right back to your early childhood, because unfortunately, that's where a lot of these seeds are planted. And, you know, go back to the who was in your life when you were a baby, when you were one, when you were two, when you're three years of age. What was your environment like? Did you have good connections? Did you have uh, proper attachments? Was there traumatic experiences that happened during that time? And for a lot of guys, there have been, but just never properly dealt with. So, that's my experience and uh, and a lot of guys I work with you know do come from those broken damaged foundations and just have not been able to build a life of strength until they've actually gone back to prepare the foundations and and then start again as such it's kind of a theory of mine because i haven't really dug in to see if there's anything that backs this but my hypothesis is 
that what's happening when you're watching porn at such a young age is you're essentially getting these other tense feelings. So you have, so arousal, that's a tension. And then you have stress, anxiety, depression, and those things are also a tension. Mm. So because you're not dealing with those negative emotions in a healthy way when you're young, because no one's taught coping mechanisms or really how to overcome those things, it's all getting meshed into one mess of watching porn and then avoiding these other feelings. So while you may think you're watching porn because you're aroused or because you need a sexual release or an outlet or something, there's a really good chance that it's just misplaced or misunderstood stress, anxiety, and depression. Yeah. And anxiety was something that I had dealt with for a very, very long time being young. Um, I had terrible separation anxiety to the point where I didn't like to go to friends' houses because I, you know, because I'd I'd get sick. You know, I didn't there. I don't even know what it was that I was worried about. I just did not want to do it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I became more self-aware and I realized like, hey, as soon as I do the thing I'm anxious about, I don't get as anxious like it completely goes away. Mm -hmm. So I think it was in middle school. I started to be a little bit more adamant about that. And then in freshman year of high school, I remember for sure, like I started to do theater at the time. And I remember I'd get really anxious before I'd go to theater practice. But I'd always tell myself, as soon as you step through those doors, the anxiety is going to go away. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me get through that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think there was really anything. I don't, I, as, as far as I can remember, I can't think of any like event that kind of did, solidified did, the did religion. Addiction. Did your religion play a part for you? Do you feel because it, it sounds like you're you're quite religious and come from a quite religious background? Right. Was it was like sex and porn, not all that? Was that somewhat you know, the wrong thing to do? Was that bad? Was that evil? And did you then suppress a lot of those emotions that you had? Do you feel that that played a part? Well, yeah, that's actually a great point. Yeah. So I, you know, born and raised Christian. I still am a Christian to this day. And, you know, there's the whole don't have sex before marriage, which I 100% stand by, but the church as a whole doesn't handle that very well. They just say, don't do this, but then they don't give you a reason why. And they don't give you any kind of actionable steps to avoid that. Yeah. So I knew throughout that entire period, like, yeah, porn's a sin, but I always kind of rationalize it as the thorn in my side. Like I figured that was just my struggle. So I was also using that as a bit of a justification, you know, because at the time, if your vice or addiction is inherently pleasurable, you're, you honestly don't want to quit because the experience you're looking forward to feels really good, even if you know the after effect isn't all that great. Mm -hmm. so while i knew like watching porn was a sin it was never enough of a motivation for me to stop and while i always would feel bad and shameful of it and you know wouldn't want to talk to anyone about what was going on because i figured i was an outlier in that experience so yeah there was you know the repressing of those emotions which a lot of people a lot of men do Mm -hmm. and you know the truth is you really have nothing to be ashamed of Right. Because so many guys are watching porn. And the fact is those negative emotions are not going to be enough of an incentive for you to quit. So it's best not to dwell on them. Yeah. So you don't have to feel guilty about what this is. You don't need to be ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. Now, because what I realized is I got to a point where I just I no longer felt bad after it would happen. I would watch porn and I would not feel sorry. I wouldn't feel ashamed. I wouldn't feel guilty. But it wasn't in a way that symbolized like hey, I'm getting closer, because that's one thing that I work through with guys on -on one-on-one coaching, is I tell them, learn from your relapses and then forget it ever happened. I don't want you dwelling on those negative emotions, Mm -hmm. because what ends up happening is you enter into a self-perpetuating relapse cycle, right? You know, because as I had said prior, if you watch porn because you're stressed, anxious, and depressed, and then you're watching it and you're relapsing, and after you relapse, you're feeling stressed, anxious, and depressed, those feelings in and of itself are going to harbor, they're going to grow, and then you're going to want to watch porn to yeah. get rid of them. That's just psychic. So the problem, right, yeah, so the problem is a symptom of the problem that you're trying to cure with the problem. So it's just this nasty cycle. Yeah. So I would tell guys in the, in the coaching, like, live in, I tell them always forgive and forget, and then, you know, live and let, or live and let go. Yeah. Just don't dwell on it. Yeah. But in my situation... I would, I did not have that mentality. 
right? I would relapse. And then there were a few times where I would wait for the refractory period to chill out and I'd go do it again 10 minutes later. Okay. I think there was one point I, you know, I, I did it three times in a row. I was just <laughs> on a roll. Yeah. 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 Again, I can relate. Yeah. Sure, man. Do, do, you, do you feel that like when it comes to porn in general now, are you like, no, don't go there because you're opening up a, a massive can of worms or do you feel like, yeah, it's okay to dip into, into porn now and again, if you watch it, you know, once a week or three or four times a week and you're not spending loads of time on it. Like what's your, perception and all that now as you've kind of gone through this process or do you feel like porn is like for me like if i feel the urge to watch porn from my own personal experience now i'm I'm asking the question okay why like why do i feel the urge to watch porn am i lacking some intimacy in my relationship am i feeling stressed am i feeling anxious about something do i feel under pressure do i I need to escape something what am i trying to escape so as to step back and ask the questions before i dive into the into the pit as such so, but yeah, in terms of your own perception now with porn use and watching porn, do you think it's, yeah, not a big deal to watch it now and again, or you're like, no, don't go there. Right. So the way that I take it is I, I firmly believe that you cannot moderate porn use, right? That being said, if someone were to relapse, you know, because what one thing that ends up happening, right, is you kind of go through a period where you're relapsing once every week, once every few weeks. And for a lot of guys that, you know, that comes to the tail end of the addiction and I've helped guys one-on-one that are experiencing that and they've had great results so far. But one thing that, you know, so to answer the question, yeah, should you, can you moderate, get away with it every once in a while from the, my experience. And then from the experience of my clients, the answer is no, because what they're, even if it's just, excuse me, even if it is just one time, it's enough of an emotional impact to wreck, to ruin their next day and usually a few days leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I realized through my own experience and that I now help guys through is paying attention to your relapse cycle. Because I started to realize three or it was four to five days after my first relapse was when I was most likely to relapse. I realized this when I was like 18 or so. And so I realized, okay, what's happening on those days? Well, funnily, or interestingly enough, I noticed, you know, the further I get away from porn, the more confidence and the more energy I would have. But then there was always some part of me that would then feel that masculine energy, which then I would end up self-sabotaging myself because I would start to think, you know, I don't have a woman to share this with. I don't have the feminine energy to kind of balance that. Yeah. So then in my position of power what have you you know because the longer i went without it the better i felt there was always that sense of well i have i have this masculine energy i don't have any feminine energy so then i would start to seek out the feminine energy from the porn Mm -hmm. and then even if i knew like that that was not true because you don't really get a sense of feminine energy from porn because even if you're looking at say like innocent enough photos that seem just wholesome the matter of the fact is, you know, there's always the backstory nuance or something else that's going on in those images. So it's perverted. Mm-hmm. Right. And then not to mention the fact that you as a man did nothing to deserve to see a naked woman. Right. Cause there's, you know, people, we joke about it on Twitter every once in a while, you know, guys did great things when it was harder to see boobs. And the truth is <laughs> we did, you know, because that's part of that whole reward circuitry that goes in there. I was talking to someone, he said that, he'll watch porn and then he has no motivation to do anything else. And it's like, yeah, yeah, because on a primal level, having sex is kind of the peak of existence. Yeah. You know, if you make babies, your job is done. Your bloodline gets to live on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. It's it's a primal instinct, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just so easy to just click a a button on your phone and you see boobs or you see naked woman straight away. And it's like, as you said, we've done nothing to deserve that. And you were kind of touching on it then uh, uh, when you were speaking there, but there's a lot of guys, especially over the last year, who have been lacking that intimacy because social outlets have been restricted. Nightclubs are closed, pubs are closed, not a lot of dating going on, so a lot of guys are feeling just fucking lonely. And all they have wow. is themselves, their thoughts, obviously testosterone, masculinity, the sell of all this, but nowhere to channel it, no one to share it with. You're mentioned some of that yourself so 
like what's to stop those guys from hopping onto the phone and just getting hooked on porn which again has right. been the has perhaps been the detriment to many guys over the last years you know the reason porn is so popular and, and has grown in over the last uh, 12 months and more so yeah like how do you get out of that mind frame in terms of not going in the fall right yeah i actually talk about that in the master class and that's kind of the common theme that runs throughout the entirety of the course where i tied in some aspects of sexual transmutation which is essentially taking your sexual energy and then channeling it into productive outlets and the way that i help guys do that is essentially whenever they're tempted to watch porn the first thing you have to do is recognize that you're experiencing that temptation. So acknowledge it, but then take the energy that you're feeling starting to feel build up and make a way or realize like, you know, because if the end goal is to have sex or to see a beautiful woman or to be with her, whatever it is, if that's something that you want in your real life, then you need to find ways to make that happen. So I tell guys like you're experiencing these desires essentially to be with a woman one way or another. What can you do as a man right now to make that happen? So, you know, and that's one thing that I tell guys, like you need, so actually to break it down a little bit more, right? Like you have your sex drive, you know, the, the want to have sex, which essentially is the drive to procreate, you know, because through sex, we make children. So you have your sex drive, which is the drive to procreate, which is the drive to create. So one way or another, you want to make something. Mm -hmm. So I also do a lot of work with encouraging guys like you need to take that sexual energy, which is essentially the energy to create and be active in creating and manifesting that. So go and write something, draw something, lift weights, do something. And this key is that's going to get you closer and prepare you for the relationship that you're kind of fantasizing over. Yeah. So if that's lifting weights, if that's starting a side hustle, if that's, going act, actually going out and finding women now because of the time that we're in with all the lockdowns and whatnot and there are still a lot of places that it is very hard to go out and socialize yeah yeah again the opportunity and the problem isn't it right yes. so and that is part of it right like the reframe there with the pandemic or being locked up or not having that social outlet is you have a lot of time on your hands to focus on yourself that's not going to be interrupted Mm -hmm. by other people wanting you to you know go out on a night on the town get some beers or hang out during the day like you have this time to work on yourself that's going to put you ahead mm -hmm. years in advance yeah you know yeah. people say if you have even just two hours of deep focused work a day working on a side hustle or a business your life is going to change in six months mm -hmm. and you've stuck with the, the the absence of porn and you've kind of you know stuck with uh, a very discipline routine in terms of your whole uh moving away from that whole life and that whole experience that you've been holding on to for many years all throughout your teenage years and you've stuck with this process now and by sticking with that it's you know something else has stuck to it such as the the new business that you have and you've stuck with that and again these are all things i can relate to because i was made redundant from a job i lost a job in a sports store as well where I was uh, <laughs> an assistant manager thinking that I was going to make a career. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I thought uh, about opening up a sports, sports yeah. store of my own. One day, one day, just, uh, just, it was just gone. So, uh, and uh, yeah, I remember walking out of the shop, absolutely deflated, of course. And uh, one of the, one of the manager, one of the staff members said to me, you know, this, this could be the best thing that, that that'll ever happen to you. And I was going, what the fuck? And yeah, like six months later or perhaps, yeah, six to 12 months later, I had started a personal training business and just it's grown from, from there for me, you know, and online coaching business now. And uh, since since last year, started mentoring a lot of guys too, going through a lot of struggles. So yeah, man, just by, again, as you said, sticking with it. And I think that's the big thing is it's people just give up far too easily these days. And I think that people are, are, um, distracted and discouraged because they see someone else who's at level 10 in terms of their business in terms of their life but they've worked you know from level fucking zero right level one level two like they've put in the fucking hours and they've they've climbed their way up to level 10 you've got to realize that okay you're down here 
but you can get there if you right. follow the same process. So you've got to take a reality check and understand that, you know, those guys are just ahead of the game because they started before you started the game as such and uh, take encouragement the fact that you can reach that and understand yeah. like the likes of myself and yourself started from nothing. And now we've got like fully fledged businesses where we help guys worldwide. So ultimately anyone can do it. And, you know, something else right. there as well is you, you've taken what was a massive problem and a struggle in your life and you flip that now into something of strength. You, you're using that problem to help other guys and that's something that's that's really, really strong and and again something I can relate to too, where you know, porn is a massive thing in my life and I have my struggles, have my had my pains, right. had my trauma, but I've kind of just put all that in a nutshell and I said, Okay, this is all my life and these are all my lessons, these are all my struggles. So now I can take this knowledge and insight and help guys who are going through similar processes in their life. And again, this is the same for yourself too. So that's huge, like that the fact that you've been able to to just flip that and the big thing for you man is as i said like the, when you when you told me about uh being cancelled off twitter i didn't know that and the fact that your whole what sounds like your whole town and people pretty close to you just <laughs> turned, turned against you and kicked out of the church and lost your job it's like man like kicked to the dirt and and then kicked yeah. the more and the fact that you just you got up and you and you went again you did you said ah that's like i believe in this and like yeah that like that for me is huge for like that's that's massive and for yourself like what was like what made you get back up and and start again because that was a really bold move to get right. back onto twitter and actually i'm sure what you're doing on twitter now is you're, you're doing even more of it now than you were before you were cancelled <laughs> so it's like You've right since and uh yeah so like what do you feel was the the drive or the purpose behind that to say no i'm gonna i'm gonna get back up and go for this or instead of saying okay maybe i shouldn't do this i'm upsetting too many people and i should maybe get back to you know finding a job somewhere else because again these are struggles that men come up against and a lot of people come up against they're afraid to do something because of what other people will think of them and and those opinions just create a massive obstacle on their journey in life and they're stuck behind that obstacle of opinions and never get anywhere so yeah what was yeah for someone there in that point like yourself why get back up and why get back to to doing what you did right yeah about yeah right yeah so Part of the context is the, so I live in a city that's a population of 70,000 people. So it wasn't that like everybody knew, but I had no idea who knew. So I was a little paranoid. I will admit there was a while where I was like, yeah, I don't really want to go out in public because I didn't want anyone to recognize me because it did get to the point where people were sharing like photos and whatnot. So I was like, oh yeah, my face is out there. So I just didn't want to, I wanted to avoid it as much as possible. You know, because people were making me out to be a misogynist and a sexual predator and all these other things based off the tweet. So I was like, yeah, I don't really want to go out anywhere. And since these people were so hot on the topic, like even after canceled, these people did not stop for a while. They did not stop. Like they kept going after it. Um, so I was like, I'm probably better off not looking for a job at the time because I don't want to get a job and then get canceled again. So I figured, OK, I'll stick with the online business for a while. Mm -hmm. um, you know, also living at home. So I had that opportunity where there was no, like, I need to get money right now. So I did have some of the cushion to make that work, but I also had people that were supporting me and encouraging me along the way that were not going to let me just turn into a, you know, a pitiful pile of man despair. Yeah. Like if I wanted to, like, let me tell you, man, I, I could have completely ruined me. You know, I could double down on, you know, alcohol and weed, if I wanted to completely just wasted my days, intoxicated out of my brain to the point where I can't function. So I could avoid the pain and trauma that came with that. Um, plenty of weeks and months of despair, not making enough money that I wanted to see. I mean, for a while I was getting unemployment, but the unemployment was really only good enough to keep gas in the tank. I don't want to have to worry about those things moving forward. And that's not something that I want my kids to worry about. You know, I grew up homeschooled. And, you know, both parents were both were very active in my life growing up. And that was something that I knew from a young age. I wanted to provide that for my kids. 
So I saw online business as a viable means to obtain that. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of decided I'm going to stick with it and through my own stubbornness and determination and encouragement from others. Excellent. I just didn't give up. Yeah. And it's gotten me where I am today. Like I'm no, you know, six fig anything, but I'm happy. Yeah. I get to watch people's lives change before my own eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's not an awful lot that measures up to water. that. Yeah, for sure, man. It beats selling a pair of socks and a pair of sneakers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yes, but, it does. Dude, yeah. that's, I didn't even like, I'm not even a big sports guy. Our <laughs> biggest sport here is baseball. I've never played baseball and I couldn't care to watch a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wasn't even passionate about it. It was, yeah, I mean, great. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. But in retrospect, it had no like bearings. But the yeah. one, like, but the one thing you said there that stuck out is, um, that you knew what you wanted. I think that's the big thing as well. Like you did what you wanted. You didn't do what society wanted you to do or other people around you wanted to do. Obviously they wanted you to throw and tell or I don't know what they wanted to do to you. This, the, the sound sounded pretty vicious anyway, but they certainly didn't want you to get back on the, back on the train again and, and, you know, back onto your mission and, and do what you're doing. But the fact that you just, turned away from the crowd and you said no i believe in this and this is what i want as i said that's been a very brave and bold move as well man and i said that's gonna like even that in itself is going to inspire a lot of the listeners on this podcast right now um and i hope it does too so yeah just to kind of wrap it up uh, masculinity as well as something that you're quite passionate about and and you speak a lot about and at the moment do you feel there's a threat to masculinity and or how do you see it at the moment? Do you, do you feel that there is a, yeah, that there's a threat to it, that, that a lot men are losing their way that, um, yeah, they don't know where to stand in society. They don't know where to go. They don't know what being a man is about anymore. Is Yeah. You know, I, I, I do believe that. Yeah, no, I do believe that masculinity is under attack, you know, um, you have pastors that won't stand up for what they believe in. They won't defend doctrine. You, and then you have the progressive narrative, you know, the whole toxic masculinity thing, which has absolutely no bearing because the matter of the fact is if we didn't have toxic masculinity, I say with finger air quotes, mm-hmm. then we wouldn't have the, you know, the great societies that we have today. We wouldn't have good, strong leaders and we would have no one to protect those who can't protect themselves. I mean, Mm-hmm. You mean to tell like every time a woman or child is attacked and a man steps in and saves the day, that's technically toxic masculinity. It's like, okay, you want to do away with toxic masculinity? We're going to have a lot of casualties along the way. Mm-hmm. So masculinity in a whole is under attack. There's also so much confusion as to what it means to be a man. So much confusion as to what it means to be a woman. I mean, in our great 2021 society, you can pick and choose on any given day if you want to. Yeah. We've completely taken gender down to a bunch of outdated social constructs that no longer have any bearings in our society, which is false because if you track it back to your own biological impulses and understanding your own nature, you know, that's one thing that I seek to help guys through on my own podcast, the Arsenal podcast. My little intro always opens up telling that I seek to encourage men to be strong, logical, and aggressive because those things have been lost in today's society. Yeah. And with the whole, and that, you know, that ties into the man's nature. So you do things that adhere to your nature. You're going to feel fulfilled and, you know, powerful through that. Yeah. So masculinity is absolutely under attack and it's, I I think it's starting to make a trend back to where more people are starting to realize that. Mm -hmm. And then there's also so many men that have kind of secluded themselves from society because we've kind of collectively decided like, Hey, we don't really need strong men anymore. So since the majority of those strong men don't have a purpose or a way to manifest that in their own lives, they kind of go out and embody the lone wolf archetype where they don't do anything. And they're just kind of content in their old ways, but it's gotten to the point where it's those men are kind of being called upon. They're kind of being called back into action. You know, we need the old strong men to come out and, help raise a generation of boys to be then become men because mm-hmm. that's another thing that's so tragic is the way that young boys are treated just because they're young energetic boys that don't want to sit still and focus on anything i mean i had so much energy when i was a kid that you couldn't get me to sit still yeah. you couldn't get me to focus on my schoolwork. 
I learned my ABCs jumping on a trampoline. Yeah. I hated writing so much that it was a fight for even my parents to get me to write the first letter of every word in a sentence. I didn't even want to do that, yeah. which is ironic because now I love writing and that's part of how I make my money, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. And then not to mention, you know, you got your kids, they go to school, they get drugged up. Oh, well, he can't pay attention. Here's this drug. Oh, he has all these other deficiencies yeah. or disorders. It's like, no, that's just him being a little man and not knowing how to, where to channel that or what to do with it. Yeah. You know, we, we're better off letting our young sons play in the woods and dig holes and fight with their friends and engage in imaginary wars and learning basic mathematics and their ABCs. Of course. You know, that's just not what we're focused on when we're young. We want to go on adventures. We want to be like dad. Yeah. You know, I think it, uh, would it be unfair to say that it's lazy parenting as well? That it's just easier now to give the, the kid, the screaming kid, highly energetic kid that's maybe annoying you to give them a, an iPad or a phone and say, hey, watch that or turn a TV on instead of say, hey, come on, let's go for a walk or kick a ball or we'll go to the woods and we'll dig a hole or whatever. Um, because obviously that requires an effort on your behalf. So right. the parents aren't showing up for the kids and then that's how many kids are now becoming lost or perhaps have been lost in maybe the, the previous generation as such. It's so parents right. will have a, have, a, have a duty to step up, I think. You know, it's just oh, absolutely very easy with with the rise of technology and um, just to throw a, a an iPad to the kid and that 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 will keep them quiet. But again, they're just suppressing all those right. feelings and and then all of a sudden they've got ADHD and it's like, well, it's no fucking wonder because they've just uh, <laughs> all, all all that energy is just gone within and they're just fucking ready to burst any moment. So, uh, and then you throw them pills and tablets and then it's just a fucking slippery slope down the hill. Um, whereas that could be, could have been intervened at the beginning. And yeah, I just feel maybe parents need to take a look at themselves instead of um, looking at the kids and blaming the kids for their behaviors or actions. Um, because ultimately the, the parents role is to guide them, is to lead them to become strong men or capable women uh, to be able to head into the world. And, and yeah, uh, like that's the next generation to, to, to lead from from the front but parents need to to lead from the front and, and not hide behind these these screens devices and and again ease distractions and and of course work and pressures and all that come into it, it is it's perhaps more difficult than ever to to be a parent i'm a parent i've got two kids i can understand the pressures that are involved yeah, right so uh because you got business to run or you've got a career you've got uh money to make deadlines you've got your own wants and needs and wishes that you that you want to fulfill every single day and then for a lot of parents they feel the kids get in the way whereas you can actually bring your kids on that journey with you and and understand that on your list of priorities it should be i feel okay you number one so get up two hours before the kids get up in the morning or whatever it takes to get your shit together in the morning time so get yourself in a good state for the day have all your wants and needs attended to before they get out of bed so that's done and then you can bring your focus onto the kids and onto work or whatever else but you're not going around the whole day feeling depleted and uh, deficient of your own wants and needs you've, you've attended to that so now you can attend to others and i think okay on the list of priorities has to be you number one of course family number two and then work and right. whatever else friends hobbies so yeah, what's your take on that? Uh, being a, a twenty-one-year-old who's who's been the son, who's experienced, <laughs> who's ex experienced, uh, yeah, an upbringing uh, by your parents. Like, what what's your what's your theory and all that at the moment as as to how you see it? Right. Part of what's coming to me now is I I think of you know parents that aren't as active in their kids' lives as they should be, and I think you know, just purely based off of observations is it seems to be very much so because, you know, come the end of the day, everybody's stressed out and nobody wants to deal with anyone. And those parents want to, you know, they want to tend to them, their selves, yeah. you know, because yeah, we've got, you know, busy work environments, heart, a very, very poor idea of what self-care and self-help our self health even looks like, Yeah, you know, you've, I mean, your, your typical American male is the guy that 
wakes up, goes to the nine to five, comes home. And as soon as he gets back, he plops his ass down on the couch and starts drinking beer. And he just repeats that. And it's an endless cycle. So part of the not being active with your kids is also that not taking care of yourself well throughout the day. And then even at work or doing things that recharge you and things that you love and you're passionate about, because if you're not, yeah. Cause like you had said, you know, you, you acknowledge there's that hierarchy first, you take care of yourself, then you take care of the marriage, then you take care of the family and then everything else comes after those. Yeah. So if you're, you know, having a hard time raising kids, then your priorities need to be straightened out. Yeah. And of course, I say this all like recognizing that everyone's situation is different and there's so much nuance that goes into it. Of course. But it, it you know, it does come down to that intentionality. Mm-hmm. Just simply spend time with your kids. Yeah. Do things that they like, even if you don't like it. Like, I don't know if you saw, but I saw a meme that went around on Twitter a while ago where it was this kid asking his dad, hey, dad, do you want to watch me play video games? And the dad is like, oh, good grief. No, I don't. I want, I want, I, there are so many things that I would rather do than watch you play video games. But he was thinking this all in his head. He didn't voice this, right? So the dad agrees. He's like, sure, I'll watch you play video games. The entire time, he hates the experience. He's like, this is pointless. Why would I do this? And then the next clip of the next slide of the photo shows the dad and the kid. And the, the son goes, hey, dad, do you want to watch me watch people? Or do you want to watch me watch videos of other people playing videos and the dad is just like no <laughs> thinking to himself no nothing more than to do that and reluctantly agrees sure i'll watch you games and the of the stories your kid doesn't see that you don't want things all they are going to remember is man dad took that time to do that with me and even if they, do, even if you hate it every second of it, they're not going to remember that. So yeah, do things with your kids that they enjoy, even if you don't necessarily like them or the things, not your kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then also, yeah. And then invite your kids to do the things that you enjoy. Yeah. Right. Like I have one of my, one of my clients, he's also doing a lot of different fitness coaching and he said that, you know, cause he's, he's married and he's got four kids, four young kids. And he's like, yeah, me and my wife, we've started working out more and now our, you know, young kids are walking up to us and they want to work out with us. And I'm like, well, dude, that's awesome. You need to include that with them. Yeah. You know, don't tell them they can't do it. Of course. Let them lift with you, go on family walks, take advantage of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, like I, like we've said, I don't have any first experience being a parent. And I also think it's funny, all this stuff that I say, eventually it's going to come back to my standard in the future where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I got to start taking my own advice here. Yeah, of course. But yeah, make it fun for your kids. Enjoy being with them. Yeah. And then even if you don't want to be with them, I mean, that's at the point where it does come down to the self-sacrifice, right? Like there are always things that we don't want to do. Yeah. But ultimately, and I even teach this in my master class, right? Like one of the reasons why you're picking foreign is because you're focused on the short-term gratification, it's easier to give your kid the iPad. It's easier to watch porn. You know, mm-hmm. it's harder to resist the temptation and focus on the long-term goals that quitting porn is going to give you, mm-hmm. but it's going to pay off greatly. Mm-hmm. It's harder to entertain a kid who's being a brat and doesn't want to sit still and doesn't want to focus and has way too much energy than you know what to do with. But the relationship that you're building and facilitate is going to pay off in the long-term for years and years and years to come, you know, because Lord willing, you'll have grandkids one day. If you live long enough, you'll see great grandkids. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't sit down and, you know, watch the kid play video games or watch him watch other people play video games. I mean, you may not be able to see your grandkids. Of course. You You lose that connection again as such. And uh, yeah, that's super important, man. It's, it's something I'm quite vigilant and, I think it's it does come down to a lot of this comes down to self-awareness just checking in with yourself and asking yourself okay am I in a good place am I okay am I do I need to work out do I need to talk to somebody about something I'm struggling with do I need to uh journal do I need to meditate do I need to just fuck off my own for a few hours and get my head right so 
like the, the self-awareness is super important and i've i've been caught in that loop before where uh i've been kind of stuck in a rut uh, like getting up late in the morning times kids are up before me and yeah just not in a good place then for the day right. because I, I didn't serve myself first and then i couldn't serve them to the best of my capabilities and i had to just check in and say hang on a second this is not uh yeah this is not optimal this is not benefiting anybody um i'm uh yeah, I'm on edge and I need to recharge my batteries and make sure that I'm charged up for the day to take charge of them, take charge of my life. And and the morning, morning, the morning routine is something I'm I'm super um yeah like big big for morning routine, especially when you have such high demands and responsibilities and commitments in your life, because ultimately everything in your life starts and ends with you so you've got to make sure you're in the best fucking place possible to be able to take those demands and capabilities and commitments on and make the most of them um otherwise if you're not then you suffer and everyone else suffers as a result too so uh yeah super important man this has been a an epic chat and uh, we've covered plenty of areas it's been an absolute pleasure yeah this was good yeah so where can where can people find you King David. Yes. So the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. That's currently the only social media that I have because after I got canceled, I deleted my Instagrams and I'm at the point where I don't want Instagram. I know I could probably find other people to work with, but I'm content with Twitter. Okay. Uh, My handle is at King David T K A. That's a capital K on the King capital D on the David capital t capital k capital a shoot me a dm i try my best to get back to people asap mm-hmm. but my dms are pretty busy so you might have to you know wait a few business days as i, as I know you. as i know <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. yeah it took yeah. us longer to get scheduled than yeah. i was I, they got to the point where i forgot but then you send a text and it pushed <laughs> right. it back up and i was like oh yeah yeah i gotta get on that podcast oh good man Happy, uh, you can also yeah. send me right yeah, you can also send me an email, davidfromashes at gmail.com. It will probably take me longer to get back, but if you want to send me like a chunk, like yeah. I had one guy, he's, he wrote me a whole page worth of his porn struggle, and I was able to get back to him with some good advice. Cool. So you can send me an email. You can reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, pretty soon here, I will be launching a quit porn accountability group that's going to be hosted on Discord. It's going to have an early access special that's going to last from June 1st till June 18th, where you can get into the group for half the price of admission normally. So it's going to be five US dollars per month. And I've been running that for a few months so far. And the guys that have been in it with my kind of test group or whatnot, Mm -hmm. they've seen great results. Many of those people have became personal friends of mine. Some of them I'm even going to make plans to go out and travel to. And yeah, and so if you join the accountability group when that comes up, which the link will be in my bio once it's published, that will be another great way to reach out to me because I'm super engaged in the communities that I build up. So yeah, you can find me on Twitter. You can send me an email and then check out the accountability group when it comes out. Brilliant, man. Thank you. Hey, this has been epic. And uh, yeah, certainly get in touch with them. Your man of knowledge, and uh, as I said, I've, been, I've got uh, high admiration for your for your journey so far, man, and and I can't wait to, to see how far you go with this because this is only the the beginning for you, isn't it? Yeah, that's what people tell me. Yeah, for sure, man. Been a pleasure. Stay strong, my man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. <laughs>